has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Hi, welcome to New Right Network's Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Dillon, and joining me today is David Harris, Jr. David is a Christian, a husband, father, business owner, and uh, an author. I read your book recently, David. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and thanks for reading my book. That's awesome. It was really good. It, but I had to buy the hard copy. No audio book. That was disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I do have audiobook. It's not on Audible yet, but you can get that if you download it off my website at davidharrisjr.com. Very good. Okay, we'll check that out. So the first time I ever saw you, I know you on Twitter, been there for a long time with you, but the first time I ever saw you was your Facebook uh, live about uh, voting for Trump over Hillary. So Yeah, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so talk to us about that. There was one issue for you. There was one main issue, you know, as you said, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Uh, I love Papa God. Uh, I wouldn't be alive today. I wouldn't be the man I am today, the husband or the father or the patriot that I am today if it wasn't for him and his grace and his love in my life. And as uh, and I haven't always been as active and outspoken as a believer as I am right now. I definitely went through my years of doing my own thing, but I was raised in the church and had a very rich heritage on both my mother and father's side. Uh, of having faith in God and, and strong Christian beliefs. And one thing that we always believed is that life begins with that baby in the womb. At conception, the, the baby's there. There's value in that baby. Scripture backs up the fact that God knew us and formed us while we were in our womb. Uh, and so one thing I could never do is ever vote for anybody that supports ending the life of a baby outside the womb or inside the womb. So for me, going into the 2016 presidential election, and it's really the same for 2020, uh, those issues are still just as relevant, I think even more so now. Um, there's no way I could support somebody, and at that time it was Hillary, that supports ending the lives of innocent little babies. So I went on Facebook, I shared my heart, and uh, the response was pretty amazing from people, men and women, black, Hispanic, Asian, white, that said, you know, my whole family's Democrat. I voted Democrat my whole life. But what you said really resonated with me. And there's no yeah. way I can support Hillary, even if my whole family uh, uh, cuts me off. They said, I have to vote for Trump because that's a vote for life. Yeah. And, and he's the only, they've gotten worse, right? So the Democrats have gone to post-birth abortion. And um, I, Tucker did a piece last night where he was talking about there's been a lot of cases for those states that actually record that they were born, a botched abortion, the babies were born, and they rendered no care, and they yeah. just let the babies die. It's just, it's so, it's heartbreaking. It's obscene. It's obscene. It's, obscene. it's about as nefarious as you can get, and to have a party platform that applauds the opportunity to end a baby's life. Um, before, right, even up to the point of giving of the mother giving birth, or even after the mother's given birth, if she mentally decides that she can't handle 
a child, it's insane to me that any American, any person, any human would support anybody that believes those things. And yet that's part of the battle that we're in today. It, well, it, it is politically, but I've heard some things, and I'm not sure I, I see a lot to back it up, but I've heard some things that the younger people are kind of coming around. They're not as pro-abortion as, as you know, people, older people, actually, that have come to accept it. It seems like the really younger people are absolutely like, no, absolutely no way. It's the most horrible thing. I know my daughter, and I didn't talk to her that much about it, but she's 18, and she is staunchly anti-abortion really and growing up you know california schools and this and, and she's staunchly anti-abortion so i heard that a lot of the younger people are, are coming around you know to me if, if you're allowing that as a culture as a people if you're allowing that you're celebrating that i'm not sure there's a lot of other things that matter yeah absolutely for me that was the that was the crux right there it's like you know, if that is if that is off in the mind and the heart of an individual, what else is off, and what else can be right when in, that is in the so mind and the heart off? of a country, uh, the, the the country, right? Because yeah. this is a cultural kind of a thing now, right? Yeah. So we can reverse that and 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 like you did, right? Like make a stand and say this is absolutely not okay, right? And I, I think a lot more people need to do that. Yeah, and I think a lot more people need to understand, especially as part of the black community, that it's. It's been a, a somewhat of a black genocide. You know, there'd be double the amount of black Americans in our country today had Planned Parenthood and abortion not had its way. I mean, what more could the KKK could have wished for or wanted or hoped than to wipe out half the population and they of black them, Americans? And they put them in black neighborhoods. They put them all over black neighborhoods. Yeah, within two hours, with 80% uh, of, of Planned Parenthoods are within two miles walking distance of, uh, of black communities, black and Hispanic communities. So it's it is refreshing and good to hear that the younger generation, the uh, the below millennials, I think, and some of the millennials are actually more pro-life than the Gen Xers and and uh, and and so on. So it's it's definitely something that uh, America needs to wake up to and understand that all babies are precious, all life is precious, and it can be harder to understand that if you don't have faith in God. I still don't understand how it's harder to understand that even if a person doesn't believe in God because it's still murder. It, it is still murder, right? I mean, yeah, it is still murder. But I mean, um, I wonder if some of the switch has been because there's a lot more information that we have access to now, whereas the media and Planned Parenthood, they tell you very little about the truth about it, right? And with um, social media and podcasting and all, and, and even the, um, the unplanned movie, like things like this, so people are getting a real picture as to what we're actually talking about here. I think that all of it has played a role yeah. in helping to wake people up of all ages. But uh, I definitely think there's been a spotlight that's shined on it over the last few years, greater than I think in, in past decades. And a lot of the younger people and a lot of just people, period, are waking up to the truth that it's not just a cluster of cells. The baby has a heartbeat. It can feel pain. Uh, after eight weeks heartbeat, 10 weeks, I believe, it can feel pain. And so the idea that there's just some kind of a tumorous clump of cells that can be cut out of a woman if she so decides, is so barbaric and evil that uh, I think people are starting to see the truth of that. And thank God for people that put on movies like Unplanned to bring that truth out uh, and the young woman from Planned Parenthood that came out and actually shared her story. Yeah, that was amazing. It was amazing. We saw that. So um, is this making any headway, do you think, in the black community? I think we have a long way to go, but uh, I, I think that it's a fight that regardless of how long it takes, it's one that's obviously worth waging. 
And, uh, and I believe that I have started to see some sparks from different individuals from the black community from around the country that are saying, you know what, I woke up to the truth. I didn't realize this or I didn't know that. And, uh, and I'm not going to just allow my voice to be used or, or uh, uh, given um, and, and owned by the Democrat Party any longer. I'm going to speak my truth. And uh, that's what we need to have a lot more of is the dialogue that leads people to understand and, and say, what are my values? And then as my voice actually counting to go towards people that support my values and what's important to me as a person, individual, as a family member, and then to my community and my community uh, as a whole. So I believe that there are sparks that are showing that people are waking up. So that's exciting to see. It is. Now, I noticed uh, Candace Owens wrote the forward to your book. She did. Yes. And, love Candace. Yeah, it, she's amazing. Absolutely. I, yeah, she's, I think she's one of the smartest people that I've ever, ever listened to. And I remember listening brilliant. to a, a YouTube of her when she was... Um, it was like, uh, I think, Red Pilled Black or something like that, a YouTube video that she did, because yep. she's got quite a history of being yeah. used, right, by activists and, um, yeah. you know, as, as a kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, heard they, 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 they try to take advantage of her, uh, yeah. the hate that she that she uh, felt. She's gone through a lot, but uh, yeah. she's very well-learned, edu very educated, uh, and able to, uh, uh, to communicate her points, which all make sense. And she's an absolute threat to the left and to the liberal uh, agenda and to the Democrat Party because she completely annihilates the uh, belief that black folks have to vote Democrat and she backs up why we shouldn't with facts. So uh, love Candace, really close to her, and I'm, I'm honored to be in this fight with her. It's going to take a lot of us doing all those kinds of things to truly begin to see the needle uh, push to the other side. And I think we're starting to. Last poll I heard uh, said that it's about 28 percent of a, approval rating among black Americans for our president which is uh, unprecedented. True, so, if that were true, it's over. Yeah, right? it's over. Yeah. For I think I think I think that'll be concreted uh, at the end of next year, come uh, election time when we get to see the results. I think we'll see exactly how much uh, the needle has been pushed to the other side of of true family and faith values. Right, which is and 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 black people are totally about family and faith. I don't understand how they end up in this party of death and destruction, and uh, it, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And I hope it makes. I hope that we can make some headwinds. It seems like he's making more um, more progress with men rather than women. I'm not, I'm not sure why that is, but the polls that I've seen the, was a recent one. It was it was still about seven percent of women, even though men were up around you know whatever fifteen or something percent. Well, I know I see the I see different polls. I know that uh, yeah. it's funny sometimes you can't believe the polls. Depends nope. on who you're who you're watching, but some of them I think are pretty close to either, either getting a picture of what is coming. But I think that on election day it'll be made really clear. But we've got to fight every day until that time. So uh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's an interesting and exciting time we're in right now, changing history literally. Yeah, no kidding, right? What a time! What a time to be alive, yeah. right? This yes. is amazing. So I saw on your uh, Twitter timeline the other day a, a video of the um, of one of the guys that was set free under the First Step Act, and I see a lot of those. I, I only see them, you know, on kind of random timelines. No media tweets out these stories. Right. You know, they don't want to share that so much about about people of color, right? They never tell these stories, and I'm and I don't know. Did you interview the uh, any of them yourself? Or were you I interviewed just a gentleman. 
I interviewed a gentleman named Stet. Uh, the other gen- the other gentleman's video I shared on Twitter. I'm not sure which one you saw, Anthony. I've not interviewed him yet. Uh, I have another interview coming up with another gentleman this week. And uh, I'm going to continue to do them because you're right. The mainstream media, they don't want to report it. They don't want to talk about it. Because yeah, these are great stories. Defies, yeah, they're These are beautiful stories. stories. Yes. It defies the, na- the mainstream media's narrative that Donald Trump's a racist. You know, he didn't get in office as the president of the United States because of the black vote. Uh, it's not the black vote's not going to keep him there. It'll make it pretty concrete. Yet he continues to do things that he that he said he was going to do and do things that he didn't even talk about, like the prison reform bill, the First Step Act. He never uh, talked is, about that. No, never he did. didn't. But uh, but he continues to do things right that have a positive impact on the black community. And it's beautiful to see. And now what about the opportunity zones? Have you been able to look at those at all? I know a little bit about those. I've been talking with uh, uh, Daryl, uh, uh, Daryl Scott. Yeah. Um, and uh, excited to hear more about it. I know some of what's going on, but I know that uh, I know the president has given the green light and he supports the opportunity zones. And it's a lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars that's going to be poured into different areas around the country that need some rehab, some rehabilitation. And it's yep. going to have a massive impact on the black community around the country. So I know underneath the radar and behind the scenes, that is also uh, driving a lot of attention and bring a lot, a lot of awareness to some pretty powerful Democrats, uh, black Democrats, that understand that there's something pretty amazing happening right here. Whether you like the president or not, the fact that these things are taking place and happening, it's like, do you want to be a part of it or do you want to get left out? And they don't want to be left out. They want to help their community as best they can. And right now we have a president that's willing to uh, work with us to get those things done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after 2020, I think they might take that attitude that they'll they're, they'll be willing to help, right, or willing to participate in it. But until then, I just think they want to come out. Yeah, it's growing. Right, no, our, no matter what, right. any, any cost. Yeah. yeah, some are. I mean, I had a, I had a good conversation with Daryl just a couple of days ago, and he said that there is a lot behind the scenes. That's actually part of the reason I'm going to be talking to him further is to bring more of uh, an awareness to what is taking place uh, with some pretty prominent uh, individuals in politics and uh, uh, in uh, high positions of authority in cities around the country that are appreciative and taking action and moving forward with, oh, okay. uh, with this agenda because it has such a, a massive potential to be so, so impactful to the black community. Wouldn't that be great if we could just, just kind of fix some of these areas and the kids could have decent schools and the parents could have job opportunities and not so much crime, right? Yes. It, was just, it doesn't seem that hard to do. Yeah, it shouldn't right? be. I think yeah, you have to be. want to not to do it for it to be this bad for this long for so many. Yeah. So um, uh, Scott Pressler, he went to, did you get any feedback on that when he went to Baltimore and did like the, the trash cleanup and got the community involved? Did you get, get any feedback on that? Yeah, I shared a lot about that. I shared multiple articles, multiple uh, on, on my Facebook, on Twitter. I haven't had a chance to talk to Scott directly. I know he's been pretty busy, but I'm yes, thankful that not only yeah, I'm <laughs> thankful that not only President Trump uh, put a target on Baltimore on an issue that has been an issue for decades uh, yeah. in an area where uh, where uh, there, nothing has been done there. And, Completely uh, underserved community. Yeah, very, very much so. So, you know, my hat's off to Scott and all the volunteers that showed up. I know he just posted on Twitter, hey, I'm going to do this. And yeah. I think there were several hundred people that showed up to help. 
and I and I left that. I heard they cleaned tons. up like yeah, twelve tons. Yeah, twelve tons, tons of garbage. Right, well received by the people. Right, yeah. the people aren't just like you know get out of here, Trump supporter. They weren't like that. The media was like that, but the people in those communities weren't like right. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, again, it just shows how off the mainstream media is that they're so desperate to push their leftist narrative against this president and all of us as his supporters that they won't show and they don't want to show the positives that are actually taking place in our country where people are getting along, where people of all colors and backgrounds are getting along and nobody's hating this president. They don't want to show that. So it's a beautiful thing to see those things unfold. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, to that point, the, the New York Times, now that they're they're all done with now that Russia blew up. So now they're going to um, focus on racism for the next two years until um, until twenty election. Again? Yeah, right. <laughs> they're going back to that because they worked <laughs> so well the first time. <laughs> I guess, but it's it's going to be you know it's going to be Russia strength. So it's going to be crazy. So I mean, do you think? Um, I know that has an impact on like white women, like white women are like, oh my God, he's racist. Does that have an, an impact on on black people? Do they hear that and be like, oh, he's racist because the media told me. Do Does that, are they trying to bully them into not voting for him? Well, I think it does have an impact because they wouldn't do it if it didn't. I mean, the, when you have people that actually do think that Donald Trump's a racist because they hear all the people talking about it, he's a Republican, he's he's uh, the president of the United States as a Republican. So there's this long standing uh, lie that so much of the black community has believed that Republicans are the racists when in fact they were, the, the Republican Party was founded to fight slavery and fight for the civil rights of black Americans. They don't understand that. They don't know their history. So sure, when the mainstream media and Democrats are you know, political Demo- uh, the the Democrat politicians uh, of the that are running for president are out all coming out basically saying the same thing. It's going to just continue to feed that same fire that's burning inside of a person that, that believes that he is a racist. So that's why it's all that much more important that you're doing what you're doing, that uh, Right Side Broadcasting is doing what it's what it does, that I do what I do to try to. Uh, beat that narrative with truth and with uh, with individuals that just come out and say, you know what, like me personally, I've met the president three times. I've never felt anything racist from him. And I've been around some racist people before. I've been around friends whose parents or uncles were racist. And I could tell you can feel uh, the the uneasiness coming off of an individual that doesn't like you because of the color of your skin. And I've never felt that one bit from our president, Donald Trump. I've shaken his hand three times. I've taken a selfie with him, and he's even shared my videos on his social media platforms. I never (laughs) felt anything racist about the man. He loves all people, and he's trying to do the best that he can with what he has to work with. Well, and and, and the the body of his history, I just, I'm just not seeing it. He dated a black woman. Right. It's, it's like, how racist can he be? Yeah. She was beautiful. I mean, it's not like she wasn't, uh, I mean, anybody would date her. She was probably. still a black woman. You can't, you can't yeah, paint that up and, you know, and yeah. change that. And somebody can't say, oh, well, she didn't fit because she's really, because she's really pretty. No, if somebody's racist, they're racist. It doesn't matter. And they wouldn't be seen in the public with them. They wouldn't be, uh, you know, doing things out in the public eye. Yeah, which he always about did. It. Hidden and behind the scenes if they were truly a racist because they wouldn't want all their racist friends to see him and know them. And so none of that fits. And Jesse Jackson, Jesse Jackson honored him. Yeah. For his yeah. work in the black community, I just don't get how that just dis- poof, just goes away. Um, 
you know, instantly. It so does for, uh, it does for those people that don't take the time to research for themselves or to think for themselves. And that's what the mainstream media is hoping and banking on is that Americans won't think for themselves, won't research for themselves, that they'll just listen to what the mainstream media wants to spood feed them and what all these Democrat politicians want to spood feed them. And they'll just stay in their little uh, emotional uh, bubble of, of hatred and, uh, and animosity yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, not pay attention and not think for themselves. That's what they're hoping for. That's really what they're hoping for. Well, and I think the social media threw really threw a uh, threw a wrench in that for them. It's a lot harder for them yeah. to get away with the things they used to get away with. It absolutely Which, is. Yeah, I mean, the Trump era. I think what the most amazing thing to me in the Trump era is it seems like this, you know, the, the mask is off. The mask is off of, of everything, right? Off off the DOJ, off the media, and. Um, and all of these people that you used to listen to or see on TV, and they're idiots. These people are idiots. They're yeah. demagogues. And you're just, I, the biggest thing in this, in this era, I think, is, is the clarity. You know, we're being run by idiots and being told what to think by idiots, too. You know, the, these guys the, in the media. The scary thing is that we've been being told what to do by these people for decades. And it okay. took President Donald Trump becoming president in order for all of the wool to be pulled back from all these things and all these yeah. things that were hidden to be exposed and for us to have the opportunity to actually say, wow, how long have I been listening to these people that really don't care about me, that just want to push a narrative? That's that's a scarier thing that hopefully right. people you, wake up to. And you think about all the people that, 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 you know, throughout history that are like, oh, he's good, oh, he's bad, he's good. Probably none of it's true, right? Probably none of it is true. Yeah. It makes you wonder about a lot of things. Absolutely, yeah. So what are you and Candace doing? Uh, I know she is getting ready to get married here in about yeah. a week and a half, week and a half, two weeks. She's getting married. Um, I cannot make it to that myself, but uh, I have some friends that will be. And then about two weeks after that, uh, she's having a Blexit in, uh, I believe, in uh, Baltimore. So um, right there in Elijah Cummings' backyard, an opportunity for people to come together and uh, go to Blexit and just uh, come together and for blacks to come in here uh, and whites and Hispanics to come in here, why people have left the Democrat Party and, and what uh. really is the facts about not only the Democrat Party, but about Donald Trump. Uh, so I know Blexit is coming up in about a month. Uh, I know her book is getting ready to get released in, uh, I believe, in January. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of traveling from all sides. She's got a ton. I've got a ton. Uh, a lot of speaking engagements coming up, and we're, we're both all over the place. Oh, that's phenomenal. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, it, and it's hard because a lot of the people in your community are like, you know, what are you doing? I mean, like when Kanye, right? Kanye comes out and everyone's hating on Kanye, right? It's like, so it's, you know, it's got to be hard to kind of step out and say, yeah, no, this is what we been doing or what we've been thinking is all wrong. I love animosity from different people that you wouldn't have thought. You know, I have actually, and it's been the, 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 the ones that hurts is when it's my family, you know, my black side that say, you know, that, that either stopped following me or unfriended me on Facebook. Uh, yeah. I actually had one cousin that texted me and he said, uh, when did you start hating black people? And I'm like, 
I, I don't even understand how you could say that to me. I mean, I've spent time at his house with him and his wife and their kids, uh, you know, stayed at his home. It's like he knows that I'm not full of hate and he knows I don't hate, you know, anybody. And uh, so to hear stuff like that is is uh, it's sad. But you know what? It's worth it to be in this fight for all the times I get to hear one person say, hey, you know what? Because of you, I started doing my research because of you. I stopped just listening to the status quo and going along with what somebody else was telling me. And when yeah. I did my research, I woke up and now I understand why you support the president and uh, and I'm on your side. So it's worth it for every one of those that I get. And I get a lot more of those than I do get the hate. You do. You get a lot more. I get a lot more of the positive uh, comments and, and feedback from people that have woken up based on what I do, me just sharing my voice and my thoughts or from my book, than I do get the, the, the hate from the ones that matter. You know, I, I get hate a lot from people that I don't even know. I, that, I could care that less. Don't matter. Right. But from, from the ones that are my family, then, uh, you know, I get a lot, I get a lot more of the love than I do get the, the hate from, from maybe family members or friends. Yeah. Um, so uh, what is your health business? I was curious as to what that is. Yeah, my wife and I started a health and wellness company, kind of a lifestyle company, supplements for a healthy lifestyle. And the thing with uh, supplements that we found out the hard way is that all ingredients are not created equal and supplement companies don't have to talk about or, or publish uh, the potency or the purity of the ingredients in the products. So a lot of products you take, you know, you, you kind of hope it's working, you think it's maybe working, and you don't know, right. and that's the problem with most supplements. All of our ingredients were hand-chosen for their potency and for their purity, so when you try any of our products, you know they work normally the first time you try it, and that's what separates us from everybody else. So my wife and I started that company six years ago before I got into the media, politics, or anything, ah. uh, but we've just uh, we've continued to uh, share and promote because we love seeing people live healthier, feel better, and yeah. get off some of the unhealthy things that, uh, you know, that people use for energy or mental clarity or too much coffee or our, our products go, go a long way to kind of help make a person just feel like their best self. Yeah, I think, uh, um, I think a, a lot of problems I think that we have that we're seeing, especially with some of the young people and a lot of the health problems, a lot of the, the overweight, the diabetes, a whole bunch of things, a lot of, so much of that I think can be, um, you know, related to, you know, diet, nutrition, you know, and Absolutely. deficiencies, right? With the, the American diet, it's awful, right? Absolutely. It's, it's terrible. How can you, I don't know how you can raise people uh, on, on, yeah. on this garbage, I mean, sugar. It's, you can't feed a brain on sugar. You can't feed a body on sugar, right? No. And we're, and it's, and it's kind of no wonder, you know, when things are kind of chaotic, I'm just like, wow, you know, the, I don't know if, um, I don't know if we'll be able to get a certain, you know, a certain amount of them back. I mean, some of the shooters, the kids, right? I just think there's something wrong. What, like, there's something wrong. He's not mentally ill. He's not schizophrenic, right? So, you know, there's something else wrong. But I think it's wrong with a, with a lot of the, a lot of the younger people today. Like, they're not getting the kind of nutrition and things that make for a healthy brain and, yeah. Good thing. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we yeah. don't. There's way too much sugar. Uh, there's way too many artificial in ingredients in things. People are drinking too much soda. You shouldn't really drink any soda. It counteracts what the body needs. People are walking around yeah. malnourished and dehydrated. You know, for every That's... cup of, uh, of uh, soda or tea or juice uh, that a person has that's got sweeteners or artificial sweeteners in it, you should have two cups of water. 
Uh, yeah. Everybody should have half their body weight in ounces of water a day. Most people aren't doing that. So then you add on top of it all the other drinks that a person may drink, and you walk around completely dehydrated, uh, which your body then is susceptible to infl inflammation issues, and inflammation yeah. is kind of the root cause of yeah. everything that our body deals with. So our yeah. main drink, our main drink, is a super antioxidant, anti-inflammatory uh, drink with no sugar, uh, no uh, artificial ingredients, sweetened with stevia. Tastes great. And yeah. uh, and really works for mental clarity, focus, and energy. So yeah, yeah. if anybody wants to check those out, it's uncorkedliving.com is our website for that. Okay, very good. Thank you for that. I was curious. I saw that, and I'm I'm interested in that kind of stuff too. And so um, so yeah, I was curious as to what that was about. Uh, was a couple of other things I thought I wanted to talk with you about. Oh, wrong thing. Yeah, what I wanted to talk with you about was your um response to Obama. I was reading in your book that, um, that, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting in a bar having a drink when you're watching the returns come in with Obama and, um, and you cried not out of joy, but you know, there was a part of you that was thinking, well, this country got behind a black man and that's a really great thing, but this black man's not really a great thing. So were you somewhat conservative before then? Yeah, I was raised conservative, and okay. uh, my, my mom always told me to pay attention to how a person uh, votes before they start to run for office. Mm -hmm. And so when I had began researching Obama in uh, 2008, nine, and, and going into that before he was elected, seven, eight, um, I really began to see that there were issues in the way he voted uh, that were not healthy and were not a part of uh, or not a part of what I would want to support. Um, especially a second run for office. But the, the first one, uh, what, what was that? Man, I'm just drawing a blank. It was 2008, right? Yeah. Yeah, 2008. So it was 2007. And uh, he had voted for things that were similar to infanticide. He had voted to block uh, babies being saved that had that had survived an attempted murder, a botched abortion. Um, yeah. And so, There's you no know, I, that. Yeah, I really believed him when he said he wanted to fundamentally transform the foundation of our country. I didn't believe that he had any good intentions in that. Uh, and the more I researched and the more I, the more I learned about him, the more I really did not want him leading our country. But he had, you know, he had his charisma and he had the black card and he used it well. And yeah. so so I didn't think about him. I didn't think about, hey, we may have a black president because I didn't want to see him become president. But when I was sitting in that pub in, in Laguna Beach and I saw all of the uh, I saw the states calling, you know, calling for Obama, it hit mm -hmm. me. We're going to have a black president. And so for a moment. I had a, a little tinge of like relief that, hey, America's finally done it. But then it was overshadowed with the fact, the sorrow and, sorrow and horror that it was going to be Obama that was going to be our first black president. So I go into that in, in yeah. detail in the book. But it was a very interesting dichotomy. And I break down eight, 18 of the biggest scandals that the mainstream media swept underneath the rug. When people read those, they're like, I had no idea. I don't even remember seeing this. And the there's footnotes. Yeah, the there's footnotes for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty crazy what he got away with. But um, you know what? Any Democrat that gets elected, if one was to get elected in 2020, which they won't, but if uh, one did, then uh, it would be it'd be Obama, you know, 2.0, because they're they're it'd trying to already worse. outdo each other. And, it'd be worse. At least yeah. Obama's first term. I mean, he was he he was not that far left. Right. When he ran it for, I mean, I don't, can't even tell you what he ran on because it was all hope and change, right? Yeah. It was yeah. all hope, change, and charisma. That's what it was. Yeah. And I kind of felt like you on election night too, where I was like, um, 
you know, I didn't, I'm a Republican. I didn't want the Democrat to win, but I was okay with it when he won because I had that same feeling like, okay, now this is done. And now we can all just one be one country and be one yeah, people. Yeah. And, and I think I can live with that. And how much damage could he really do? But <laughs> we found out, and we're still Ooh, finding out. A lot. Yeah, he did yeah. a lot of damage. Yeah, that was terrible. Then you kind of have a lot in common with Obama, though, too. Your mother's white, your father's black. Same, same with him. And that I wasn't. He I wasn't but I wasn't born in Kenya. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, was born in Obama California. Was born in I had no issue with my birth certificate. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a Marxist as a uh, as a father figure that I looked up to. Uh, I didn't have any communists as father figures or, or fathers that I looked up to. So, yeah, other than just those uh, those skin uh, variations, I, I don't have right. a lot in common with the man. Exactly. Except that that's kind of a um, like an identity thing. And I think he struggles a lot with that. Yeah, uh, he does too. Right. And uh, and and. The next time I talk to you, I have to know, because you said you were going to write about it, but um, and you said it was your next book, that when you decided to live with your father, that that decision changed your life, or that that, that was a faithful decision or something like that. And I want to know more about that. Do you, have, you yeah. want to share a little bit, or you want to wait for next time? That would be for my next book. I'll, okay. I'll break into that in more detail. But I definitely had an issue with identity growing up, um, yeah. having, a, having a father that's black and a mother that's white. My parents getting divorced at nine years old, the judge asking me who I wanted to live with. And I said, uh, my dad, because he looks more like me. And I had no idea how much that decision would really shape the course of my life uh, and how it would have been one of the most pivotal things for me to finally get a real breakthrough, which I just got a couple of years ago um, from uh, from doing some very internal uh, in-depth healing and therapy that I went through that really broke free of some lies that I've been holding on to because of that decision. So it's like a full circle uh, it's like a full circle thing that uh, that that'll share, but it'll it'll take a it'll take a good chapter or two to really unfold it all. I can't wait! I can't wait to do that. It was so great talking to you. And where can everybody find you? Facebook, David Harris Jr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, David J. Harris Jr. And my website, if uh, if I don't come up, the website is the easiest way to do it: DavidHarrisJr.com, and they can uh, see my news. I'm a publisher. You can connect with all my social media handles there, uh, send me messages there. So that's my main platform and portal. Great. When do you expect to do this other book? I really want uh, actually, to. <laughs> I'm actually going to start working on it here by the end of, uh, by the end of September. I'm going to get it started. So hopefully it's ready by the first of the year. Oh, great. I can't wait for that. I'm excited. So great talking to you. Thank you. Great talking to you too, Steph. Thank you so all much. All right. Take care, David. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.